Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Katie's Crib, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome back to Katie's Crib. Today, I am talking with a mama. Oh, wow. Does she get it? Okay, she is an author. She is an activist. I am talking about Glennon Doyle. You know her from her New York Times bestseller, Love Warrior, a memoir about infidelity, betrayal, and redemption, and her latest memoir that has been a quarantine sensation called Untamed addresses the new love and new discoveries that followed. It's intimate. It's inspiring. It is at the absolute top of every bestseller list. There is so much that resonated with me as a woman and as a mother that I was like, please, can we get Glennon Doyle on the podcast? And so we did, you guys. We talk about so many different things. We talk about cream cheese parenting, which you guys will find out what that means. We talk about how to raise a boy as a feminist. And we spend a lot of time talking about what her blended family looks like. I'm so excited that she is here. You guys, here she is, Glennon Doyle. I'm honestly, I've had a lot of beautiful guests on this show, and I honestly, I don't know if I've ever, God, you must get this all the time. I've, I'm having an emotional response to you. <laughs> I'm having an emotional, woo! I'll discuss with my therapist at a later date. No, I love my therapist. Oh, my God. I'm just like very happy to have you. I mean, OK, so Untamed is the book of quarantine is what I can say. Is that what people are saying? That's what people are saying, right? How wild is that? I mean, I I don't even know what to say about that. I think 
I'm grateful that people are letting me into their lives at such a wild time. Look, the book is absolutely genius. I know it would have a vast wave of response, whether we were in quarantine or not. But, I mean, I think people are so tuned into what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. It's just like wildfire. I mean, I saw it everywhere. And I was like, oh, my God, if you don't have Untamed, you are a loser. I I was like, if you don't get on the Untamed train, I mean, you are just not in the know. It's so worthy. I've also never gotten so much cred from my husband. Like, usually when I read a book and I want him to sit down and, like, listen to chapters, he's not a, a big reader. But, you know, he's he's wonderful, and I love him, and, and he does listen. But when I told him that you were Abby's wife, oh. he listened so much. He was like, Abby's the greatest athlete that has ever been born. And he was like, have you seen this video of her? Have you seen this video of her? her Like, yeah, like he was like, do you know what Abby is capable of? He was like, this is her wife. I was like, yeah. He was like, read me that chapter. I was like, classic. No, it's so funny that you bring that up. Abby and I swear that she has some kind of like man whisperer energy. Like there's something about her. Well, it's because she, I think they all have a respect that she could like kick their ass at, yeah, at, at sports or at the whatever. But yes. I really, we talk about it all the time, the way that men respond to her compared to like me or it, it's, it's just, it's fascinating. It's great. It's an amazing superpower. It's yes. awesome to watch. I was like, okay, so read this chapter about raising a boy, yeah. raise this chapter about raising a girl. Oh. Okay. So once I read Untamed, I learned so much more and so many valuable motherhood tools through the mm. book. And I know it's it's about a lot of things. First, mm. can you explain the word untamed, which is the title? Obviously, mm. um, I'm sure it's hard to settle on a title for your freaking memoir that mm. best encompasses the whole thing. But I felt like it was probably easy in this case. It was not. Oh, it, was not. it wasn't? No. I... Um, I've never written a book where I knew the title before. I mean, it was done and dusted and there were several different titles we were going back and forth with. And I actually had to like rewrite some of it to, to match with Untamed. It, it, it was, it was interesting. Um, yeah. Someday I'll admit all the other titles that I was <laughs> considering, but now they seem so terrible that I'm embarrassed to say them. But um, so I wanted uh, a title that suggested that since there is a process that every individual goes through where we're kind of, you know, we're born this wild, unique um, ball of energies, right? Mm -hmm. This is our individual self. And then because this is the way it has to be in cultures, (laughs) we surrender some of that in order to um, belong, right? So- We just start learning. And most people will say that this process of sort of losing ourselves in order to fit inside um, identities or groups, Mm -hmm. we usually internalize that kind of conditioning between the ages of seven and 12. Okay. Those aren't like hard and fast. But when I say that to people, usually women go, I'm literally soaked in sweat, like soaked in sweat. So the seven to 12 is, is a. That's where we formally internalize. Like we start to notice, I mean, certainly from the second we're born, we start to 
um, you know, we look at our mom's faces and she smiles when we do one thing and she frowns when we do another thing. And we, you know, we're constantly reading. You're such a good cues. boy. Good job. Right. Good girl. Like right. all of those. Don't cry. Don't do It's okay. Like all the, you know, all of that. So we're, we're taking in cues, mm-hmm. but there reaches a certain point where we start to understand, oh, I'm a girl. So I do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm a Doyle. So mm-hmm. I do this. Right. Oh, I'm a Christian. So I believe this. We survive by, um, by belonging, right? That's an age old um, survival strategy, right? You stay in the herd so you don't get killed off. Single down, you don't die. Right. 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 Um, and so, that, but I just think that now we are reaching a point, we are reaching a point for sure inside of humanity, inside of evolution, where I think our survival is going to ironically depend on the resistance of that um, instinct, right? We are going to have to actually start separating from the herd a little bit. Like we see what happens. Encouraging people to be individuals, or as you say in chapter one, they're whoever their cheetah is. Yeah, (laughs) their inner wild, right? Yeah, their their, inner wild, which for you guys listening um, in the first untamed references this this glorious trip you made to the zoo early on in the book where you see a cheetah in action Mm -hmm. and all instinctually the cheetah wants to go and run except that this cheetah is in a cage Mm -hmm. um you could probably explain it far more eloquently than i can um no that's exactly it and she her name was tabitha and she was actually the the zookeeper explained to us that she was born in captivity so she was raised alongside a um labrador and she was raised alongside that Labrador to tame her. And the zookeeper said, so now that everything that Minnie the Labrador does, Tabitha wants to do. And we actually watched this Labrador chase. It was called the Cheetah Run. So the, the Labrador chased this um, little Jeep that had a pink, a dirty pink stuffed bunny tied to it. And Tabitha, the Cheetah, watched Minnie do it. And then Tabitha, this amazing animal, lined up. The Jeep took off and this animal chased this dirty pink bunny down this well-worn path while all these bored spectators clapped. Mm. And I have never, you know, as a writer, like all you're doing is like, where's the thing that I can look at that describes the thing inside that I can't explain? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that moment was just like, oh my God. I just thought, oh, of course, if a, if a wild, powerful, majestic, animal like a cheetah can be tamed into forgetting who she is and chasing dirty pink bunnies her whole life, then so can a woman, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, That's oh. what happens to us. We are told all of these things that we have to chase that will make that were supposed to make us happy, and we spend our whole lives chasing them, and that's why we're exhausted and overwhelmed and underwhelmed all the time. And unfulfilled. And, <laughs> and unfulfilled. unfulfilled. So how do we as moms raise a cheetah mm-hmm. who is untamed? How do we encourage that behavior? I would probably think the first is through modeling. You know, I think Mm -hmm. a lot in Katie's group, we talk about how much kids learn from their parents. So I think if my son could see me making choices that are authentic to who I am, Mm -hmm. that's a start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I think that's everything. Do you ever look back on raising your kids and say, 
there was that cheetah moment? Or or were you, until you've sort of had this awakening, were you sort of fitting in the bill? Like, I'm going to do all the right things that parents do to be the best parents. I mean, this is the big one. By society standards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel people often ask me, like, so did you, what if there was no Abby? Would you never have become untamed? Like, was that your moment? Was that? Mm. And I don't think so. I mean, I think that my untaming probably started with my sobriety, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when I think back, you know, when I was raising my kids when when they were really little and I was raised in uh, the Catholic church and I began taking my children to sort of a fundamentalist type church when they were little. And I remember listening to what was being said and just, you know, listening to the indoctrination and a lot of the fear mongering that was happening there. And I, one day they actually were going to a school that was affiliated with this church and many things happened, but I just ended up walking into the school and pulling them out of their classrooms one at a time and leaving and just being like, we're never coming back. And that, that was returning to my wild. That was, you know, women are just especially meant to. Whoa. Well, that's, it's trusting yourself more than, I mean, so much of, tragically, so much of fundamentalism in any, in any way, whether it's political fundamentalism, whether it's religious fundamentalism, Mm -hmm. whether it's beauty fundamentalism, whatever it is, is this idea that you cannot trust yourself. Right. I mean, my religion, my first lesson of religion of God was the heart is wicked. You cannot rely on yourself. Women are dangerous. Like do not trust your own understanding. Your mind isn't like, constant messaging that Mm. there is this other, there is this other being, this all knowing thing that is outside of yourself. And that thing is good and you are bad. And so you have to constantly doubt yourself now. And look to other people. Right. And, and the, the trickiest part is when it comes to religion, what they are saying is not even it's looking to other people. It's looking to God. It's not. It's looking to other people who are telling you what God is. Right. It's not right. that. Right. Okay. Right. But it takes right. a lifetime for, for those of us who were raised in that to dare to return to ourselves and trust ourselves and consider that like, actually, whatever God is, is the deepest thing in here. Right. right. And this is what I have to return to. And this is good. And this can be trusted. Um do you so, think it takes a while to build that? I, I you talk about it in your book, but that knowing, that mm-hmm. guttural, instinctual knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've struggled. I'm a people pleaser. I'm a good girl through and through. You say mm-hmm. in your book, I think that happens at year twelve. It happened for mm-hmm. you. Done. And I wasn't really raised religiously. My parents are New Yorkers. They're pretty outside the box thinkers and and job holders as as far as the norm is concerned. But mm-hmm. I. I just always want people to feel good and liked. And I feel that in in response. And that's just who I am. And I have to say, motherhood has been the biggest wrench in that because my son very early on was the hitter on the playground. Mm. (laughs) And I was given given that kid. And I was like, oh, my God. 
I'm the one on the park that the moms are judging. I'm the ones that the, the moms are pulling their kids away because they think my kid is bad. They think I'm bad and doing a bad job. My I mean, it is was asshole. horrible. I mean, I just feel like motherhood, if you look at it in the face, can really you're given these gifts of the shit that you have to sort out. Um and he is providing that. <laughs> Thank you, kid. Thanks for all. And I'm of sure it. it's only going to get way worse. I mean, he literally gives zero Fs about what people think, and I give mm-hmm. all the Fs. So it's a really nice combo. But you um, have to figure out the eternal question is do I love my kid more than I love the world's approval of me? Which is like, you would think that'd be an easy answer. But for women, it is. Well, it's weird because I I know the answer here in the quiet of my closet recording with you. Obviously, it's my son. But when I'm out there in the world and the stairs are coming and I see myself putting this fake ass smile on myself Mm -hmm. and apologizing profusely when I'm taken out of the situation for him hitting, I know the things to say, like we're working through it, you know, like I stand my own ground, you know, and all of a sudden I turn into my 12 year old like, I'm so sorry, like, please don't hate me. Like, don't tell anyone I'm I'm a good girl. I'm not. I swear, I play by society. I'm not like him. I'm I'm not not like like him. And I've really, I'm, you know, I'm working on it. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's an untamed, you know, that's, I'm trying um, to get stronger there. Um, You do Mm -hmm. have chapters in your book about you've been raising your daughters as feminists since they came out. And Talk to me about that. Mm -hmm. And then talk to me about the chapter when you realize you turn on the TV and there's all this stuff about boys and hazing and gang rape on the cross teams and oh. mass shootings. And you look at your son and you're like, what do I do? Tell me oh, about shit. boy cheaters I versus girl cheaters. I teach you things. Yes. <laughs> I have a son too. Damn it. Um, I was a child who got very sick very early from the messages in the air about what girls are supposed to be. I came to Lemic when I was 10. Um, I just... I had big feelings. I had big confusion. I had big anger. I had big doubt. And I was told that girls are supposed to be small. Girls are supposed to be happy. Girls are supposed to be, you know, pleasant and pretty and all of these things. And, um, and I was pleasant and pretty until I was 10. (laughs) And then shit hit the fan and I didn't know how to be simple and quiet and happy and perfect anymore because I started to become fully human. But since we don't teach anybody as a child how to deal with being fully human, right? We don't talk about pain in our culture. We don't talk about how to deal with anger, about how to deal with grief, about how to deal with envy and loss and all of that. I just thought there was something really wrong with me. Um, And so I started numbing and hiding inside of food and that turned into every addiction. And so, you know, when I had, when I found out I was pregnant with, with little girls, I just was like hell bent on, making sure they had examples of women who were just complicated and fully human and loud and successful and failure and obnoxious and (laughs) all the things. Right. Um, I mean, and I was over the top. I mean, I had little earphones on my belly with like NPR and just Ruth Bader Ginsburg shit. Like I just was like, it can't hurt. Right. It can't hurt. Can't hurt. Get it in there. I've done so much damage to like my organs. Like I I just need to give them a head start somewhere else. Right. Mm -hmm. Like maybe cerebrally or something. So, um, so, and it worked again. I mean, you know, even in like every time someone called them bossy, I would be like, yes, isn't she a good leader? Yes. 
she is a good leader. And like every time that you know, vocabulary counts, those yes, words count. Yes, absolutely. My little girl led a revolt at her school because she got her jersey for soccer and it said Lady Panthers. And you would have thought that someone had shot her. And in, in that, like, she was. She was very it. serious about it. Yeah. 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 And. Were you so proud? Girl. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, I haven't told anyone this. I was like emailing, talk about cream cheese helicopter mom. I was emailing oh, the coach like, you do it. I'll, I'll pay for it. Just, just if there's any problem, I just want her. I want her first activism to work. To work. Okay? So that so she yeah. can. Wait, yeah. now explain to us. We'll get into the boy thing in a second. So cream cheese parent, which I also am. Yeah. What what Glennon means is there's a chapter in a book about, you know, you're the mom who has to bring the snacks. Let's say it's bagel and cream cheese. And you get mm-hmm. the call. Well, we can't just have one type of cream cheese. We need to have six different kinds of cream cheese. We need to have different flavors. We need to have dairy free. We need to have soy free. We need that. And basically, because of this style of helicopter, overindulgent, insane amount of choices, giving them the best options we can at all times is basically creating little assholes. They're assholes. They're all assholes. Yes. And like, They're I am assholes. so guilty of that because it's how I think we are supposed to show love. I know, because that's what we were trained to believe. Yep. Right? It is not our fault. We got the memo that we, our job as parents is to hover, obsess, protect them from any kind of pain ever. Like these children, they handed us these children and the the memo was take this child home and let nothing ever happen to it. Okay. Mm. Like make sure that this child. They never fail. They never feel pain. They never bruise themselves. They never. I know. No one's allowed to frown in their general direction. No teacher is allowed to do anything but worship them. It's a nightmare. (sighs) It's a nightmare. And, And it's why our kids suck because, because people who do not suck are people who have lost and learned how to lose with dignity, right? People who ha- do not suck are people who have actually felt the sting of pain. pain. Yeah, right. because then they feel empathy for other people. And so they become not assholes. Right. So we are like, the memo we got is causing us to steal from our children the one thing that will allow them to become the people that we dream they'll be, right? <sighs> we got a really bad memo. And then, and then the other part of our memo was like, make sure that they have the best of everything that you are capable of providing them. Right. Um, and this is what happened. One of my kids was doing a sport and I finally answered the email. I was like the last one on the list to show up to bring the breakfast or something. The, the woman asked me to bring five tubs of cream cheese. It comes from a good place. Like that mother thinks that she's mothering the hell out of her children, but five Tubs of cream cheese is not how to make a child feel loved. It's how to turn a child into an asswipe. Yeah, right? like that. That's it. It, because who on earth needs five flavors of cream cheese? No one. No, no one. one. No one. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. 
And now in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So tell me about when you realized your son had already, he was older, and you turned on the Mm -hmm. TV and you see all of this awful darkness. I remember being pregnant with my son and being in the airport and my husband gasping. And I said, what? And he said, oh, my God, a a young boy just was killed because of hazing at a fraternity. Mm -hmm. And I thought about all the things my brother did growing up, like all Mm -hmm. the things he thought he had to do, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I just started sobbing for my son and how scared I was for his safety, but also feeling like that's the culture he has to tame himself to be a part of. Mm-hmm. When you realized that of your own son, what did you do? Well, I panicked at first because I had spent my whole entire motherhood life, you know, whispering in the girl's ear in a million different ways. You can be bold and loud and imperfect and 
certain and ambitious and still be a woman, right? But I just realized I had not been whispering into Chase's ear since he was born. You can be uncertain and vulnerable and weak and sad and still be a boy, right? I'm a feminist. I'm in the fight. I know that women get screwed, okay? I know that we have a lot, a lot of ways to go with equality and justice, but I wouldn't trade places with a man for all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. When I, there's something about like being in a same sex marriage now, which has changed my relationship with men. Mm-hmm. I don't know if like, it's like the the dynamic of any sort of sexual tension is gone. So it's like, I feel like men are talking to me for the first time, just like wow. human to human. Yeah. I've always been afraid of voice, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like I've never really related to men. I haven't known how to talk to men. It's fascinating to me with Abby, the way that she like approaches a man and he becomes sort of fully human with her. That yeah, because there's no, there's nothing. There's no posturing. There's no posturing. Right. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's what's starting to happen with me. I think they're like, okay, she's safe or or we're all safe here. Like nothing. Sure. Sure. So sure. When I, what happens when everyone stops posturing in, in, in every way, not just gender wise, but every way is that you start to see people's full humanity, right? So I don't think that I've ever really seen a male's full humanity because there's always been the gender posturing going on, on my part and their part, right? Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm, you're telling me the story and I'm thinking about one of my best friends in the entire world is Guillermo Diaz from Scandal. He's gay. He's been with his boyfriend for a very long time. And it was the greatest sexual relationship on a television show I've ever had the pleasure of being a part of. Not only that, God, when you have sex scenes with straight men, it's very complicated and odd and the whole thing. I mean, look, it's all uncomfortable and it all sucks. But the great news is for seven years, most of them, I had a lot of sex scenes with a gay dude. My husband was stoked. Carol was my best friend. It was like, and he's my soulmate. And that's my experience of that sort of situation where I was like, oh, we're never, like, this is not, anything ever like this that is like weirdness that it's gone. terrifying possibility it's yes like, it's like even it's always there it's, like even with your best friends whoever because then you're worried am i being weird are they like is this okay am i sitting too close like it's, absolutely absolutely it's always there so absolutely. now that i've gotten beyond that uh i'm just like on the on the other team right <laughs> right. right sure um I am able to speak to men and I, my heart breaks in a million pieces when I actually internalize the obvious, which is that men are as fully human and emotionally complicated as we are. That sounds so simple. I'm like, they are? I'm literally like, are you sure? Well, I'm not 100% sure. I'm like 85% sure. (laughs) I hope so. And we definitely want to raise our sons to be. Right. And if they're not. Okay, if they're not, it's because it's been conditioned and beaten out of them, right? Like it is, it is a very archaic and dangerous position to take that we are born different. We are born fully human and then we are tamed, right? Little girls are tamed in a million different ways that you have to be quiet, you have to be accommodating, you have to be pleasing, you have to be pretty, you have to be, and boys are taught You cannot be vulnerable. Do not cry. Do not be tender with each other. Don't be that. Don't be gay. That's gay or that's, you know, my, 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 the little boys at my house, they are, 
talk about not knowing their audience. They will sit down next to a boy and go, no homo, right in front of me. I'm like, dude. Oh, my God. That is absolutely crazy. I mean, was it too late when you realized this? No, no, never too late. And also, you know, he has a fully human father who's like extremely vulnerable and emotional. And he has a mother who's like real emotional. (laughs) (laughs) She's enough for a few people. Right, exactly. So, but it was past time to start naming it. Like with my little girls, all the time, a commercial would come on TV, a billboard would be on this, and I would always turn them towards it and say, girls, what is that advertiser trying to tell you about what it means to be a woman? <gasps> all oh my time. God, I have chills. I need to do that. Because that is, that is, to me, pointing and making very, very clear the invisible messages right. is what you have to do. Because otherwise, it just starts to seep in. Like, it's like osmosis, right? Without Um, a doubt. Without a doubt. They have to become really clear about who's lying to them and how, right? So my girls will say, they're trying to say that all bodies are thin and tall and white and blonde and blah, 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 right? So now I double time had to start doing that with Chase. I mean, listen, the story I put in the book, Mm -hmm. all you have to do, if you want to know what I'm talking about, Mm-hmm. is go into your own child's shower and look at the shit you've been buying them. I walked into my kid's shower. My daughter's bottles are all lined up on one side. Mm-hmm. Chase's bottles are on the other side. All of Chase's bottles are big, bulky, red, white, and blue, chunky bottles of soap and shampoo. Okay, red, white, and blue because patriotism and toxic masculinity are always like tied together, like at least in America. But all the bottles said things like one of them actually said slam body over like a folding chair and then the girls of course they were all metallic and smell like an angel yeah like allure yeah like not even any verbs no verbs like nothing to do on the girl side just a bunch of disconnected wispy words to be oh right god that is so in other words the boys side is saying yeah the boys side is saying you become a man by conquering and the girl side is saying, you become a woman by being worthy of being conquered. That's it. Right? <clears throat> so that is the way that we shame, we tame our children out of their full humanity before they even leave the shower in the morning. Right? This is not um, high-minded stuff. It's stuff that's right around us every single day. <sighs> so, you know, little boys, they're tamed in opposite ways than girls are. Um, but what it all comes down to is misogyny. Right. Because if you look at the ways that the boys are shamed, all of the ways in one way or another say you'd be anything but feminine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You'd be anything but soft and merciful and kind and connected and vulnerable. You'd be anything but those things we attribute to women. Right. So at the heart of toxic masculinity and at the heart of toxic femininity is both misogyny. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, anybody, regardless of whether you've been using these le- this particular language with your sons and daughters, if you've been teaching by modeling, by living equality and mm-hmm. respect for women, then you have been underground keeping doing, your child from being yeah. tamed. You've been doing the work. Yes, you've it's been doing cool the work. It's just cool to start putting the overt language on top of it so your kids can see. Well, because, teaching. yeah, and also so that they're not so 
unaware of mm-hmm. how it's everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even think to go in the shower and look. I can't wait. That's like the mm-hmm. first thing I'm doing. I need to like go and look. I mean, my stuff's pretty hippie, so I'm hoping that it's like. Oh, you might be <laughs> I'm, safe. I'm hoping. Safe. I'm hoping the hippie <laughs> stuff is safe, but you never know. But I'm going to look at the hippie stuff for sure. Can you tell me about something else that I definitely struggle from and I learned so much from your book? So basically, we've learned this so far. I'm tamed. I'm a cream cheese parent. And now I'll tell you, I'm also the martyr. And Mm. I loved in your book, you... So there's this concept that women martyr themselves for their kids. Mm -hmm. Meaning like, I'm going to stay in something that makes me not happy or I'm going to do something that isn't for me over and over and again, because it's what's best for my kids, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to put my kids first, which means I put myself last. I went back to work when Albie was eight weeks old, and it was already a big disaster because my mom was a stay-at-home mom. So that has been conditioned in me that Mm -hmm. that's the best way to be, and that's the only way to be. And even though she was in my ear saying, no, (laughs) she was in my ear saying, (laughs) I fucked up. Like, let me tell you something. She said, I wouldn't, she was like, I'm glad with the choice I made. And I love you. You know, she, she is responsible for the choice she made separate of me entirely. But she was like, escape to summer with Victoria's secret. Pack your bags with just arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Please don't feel bad. Go to work. And so I started to try to use language with my son, like, I'm going to work now, and I'm, I love my job. And I really hope someday you get to go to a job that you love. And then I love coming home and seeing you. Like, how great. Whatever. Um, You did this in the biggest degree maybe you can do, which is you were in a unfulfilling, messed up marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, Are those the right words to use? Yeah, I would say Um, yes. I think that's fair. <laughs> a long time with the with the father of your children, who I want to talk to because he also sounds wonderful um, in how you work as a blended family. Um, and you fell in love with a woman, and instead of making the choice, which I I think I would made, which was I can't have this. I'm going to stay in my marriage or the thing you heard when you were growing up, like I'm going to stay in this marriage at least till the kids go to college because mm-hmm. then I will have done my job. You did not make that choice. You made the choice. I'm not martyring myself and my life for my children. My children I've raised to be strong enough to show that if I'm happy in the choices I make, that they can watch that. And Mm -hmm. how the hell did you do that? (laughs) Like, how did you do that? Um. How did you explain to them that you were leaving their dad, that you were leaving their dad for a woman, that you were in love with a woman, that you were going to make this, some people would say, selfish choice for yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess, well, here's the deal. I almost didn't. I almost didn't because even though I knew that, you know how you just deep down know things? And I just deep down knew that. The marriage I was in was not the truest life for me. Um, I knew down deep that I was for the first time in my life, truly in love with another human being. Mm. Um, And that was probably had to do with parts of myself that I had never acknowledged. Also just had to do with Abby individually. It had to do with, the time in my life, I mean, I was 42. I finally stopped caring more about what the world thought about me than what I really wanted. You know, it, it's kind of like when you figure out, oh, there's not going to be two of these lives. Um, it was not like, okay, do I love Abby or do I stay with Craig? It was like, do I, 
abandon myself again. It, it was about me and my one wild and precious life. Like it was about, here's the moment. Like here's the moment where I decide, do I choose the truth of me or do I choose not rocking the boat? Right? Do I abandon myself or do I just dare to abandon everyone else's expectations of me? Mm. And what I do in this moment will determine whether I live or don't. Um, and I don't know if that's how dramatic it feels for everyone. I don't know if it also had to do with sexuality, mm. but I doubt it. I doubt it. I bet yeah. that's how it feels for everybody when they're, when they're making that decision about one way or the other. And one means everybody else stays steady, but you slowly die. Oh, and the other God. one means, right. And the other one means shit hits the fan with everybody else and you cause so much pain and drama, but you live, right? Um, the, the good news is, yep. is, is the, the one I just mentioned, everybody also lives, okay? The first one, mm-hmm. you slowly die. Yeah, okay? like that sucks. Right. <laughs> well, as women, we have literally, we've been tamed to believe that that is an okay price to pay. I'm like thinking about Meryl Streep in Bridges of Madison County. She's like <laughs> losing the love of her life and the life she could have, Bye-bye. but then asks her children, oh, just bury me with this other guy. And then her children, that's the first time they find out. Look, that's like a totally, <laughs> but no, I, I equate not, everything into weird. movies and television. And I'm like, why? It's insane. Sister, I, I imagined that moment. I used to lay in bed and imagine like effing Bridges of Madison County moment. Like I would, I imagine being 80 years old and being like, wow, I didn't do it. Like oh God, imagining so Abby now. somewhere and being like, I didn't do, do it. it. I didn't take my one chance. Like, so, so, so here's the deal. Here's the one. And even knowing all of that, I thought I can't, I can't, I can't. Like I just can't rock you know, this boat. We, we just, be, not, I don't give a shit. The boat. I don't care. I had learned to rock the boat. It was the children. <laughs> oh, like, I know. As mothers, we, it's just, it was so ingrained to me. No, a mother does not hurt her children. A mother does not hurt her children. And then one day I was braiding Tish's hair. Mm-hmm. And I just had this freaking epiphany that I am still so grateful for, which was, oh, I am staying in this marriage for my little girl. But what I want this marriage for my little girl. And if I would not want this marriage for her, then why am I modeling bad love and calling that good mothering? Why am I using my daughter as an excuse not to be brave with my life? Right? And because we know better. All over. We know better. We know that our children will only allow themselves to live as fully as we allow ourselves to live. And so the call of motherhood has to be not settling for any relationship, any institution, any situation that is less true and beautiful than the one we would want our child to choose. That's it. It's simple. I don't know why this got so messed up. Well, because, of course, we know why it got so messed up because the, the job of patriarchy is to scare us into disappearing inside every role we have, right? I wonder who taught us that as mothers, we should slowly die instead of teach our children how to bravely live, right? That's the poison that's been in the air since the beginning. 
that's the untaming, right? It's the examining mm-hmm. of all of these poison roots that have been planted beneath us and the tearing out of all of them so that we can plant different roots that are our own beliefs mm-hmm. that will allow us to grow as fully and tall and beautifully and bravely as we are meant to and that won't tame our children. Because yep. that's what I would have done. I would have, in the name of my child, I would have martyred myself and then passed that legacy on to her. And then one day she would have been faced with the moment where she would decide whether she was going to let herself live and rock the boat or, or rock the boat. And she would have let herself slowly die because that what is what her mo- mother taught her to do. Absolutely. Tell me about when you ha- when you told them. Was it just you and Craig there? Were yes. you, were you so nervous? Did yes. they cry? Yes. Did you tell them all at the same time? Yes. Did you not bring in the Abby of it until did, was it first? Let's talk about that. Dad and I are separating. Yeah. How did it so, look? Because I think this is very inf- like you know we've had a lot of we've had a lot of different families on Katie's crib for sure. But I love. I don't think we've really talked to somebody who's like, this is how I did it. And yeah. you're so open I mean, about it. And it's practical. really, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, I um, need to tell you that I was certain that as a words person and an emotions person, that I was just going to figure out all the right words and way to say this thing. And it was going to be the most beautiful, perfect divorce conversation that ever happened. And everyone (laughs) was going to just actually be okay, Katie. They were just actually going to be okay. Okay, no one was okay. It was a total nightmare. There are no right words. There's no good way to do it. It was, without a doubt, the most heartbreaking moment of my life. Mm. And... I've had many, many doozies mm-hmm. and this was the worst of it. Like I could, I could start crying right now thinking about, I mean, I was the, I, I used to tell my kids, I, I remember when Tish was little and she'd come home and tell me about her friend's parents getting divorced. And I would look right in her eyes and promise her that her parents were never getting divorced. I mm-hmm. did that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I used to why. lie to her all the time. I used to tell her, your parents will never get divorced. Like, yes, I know heaven is real. Yes, God, Santa, all this yeah. bullshit, Shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know. It was just like the moment where they lost the solid ground beneath their feet, right? It, it, they lost part of the innocence of childhood. There's no other way to put it. It was absolutely freaking brutal. I mean, they also knew the truth for the first time. Which is actually, there is no solid ground and nobody's in control and nobody knows what's coming next. And all we know is that what family is, is that we will all keep showing up. That's all we can promise you is that we will all keep showing up. Right. So, um, so I wish that I could tell you some magical, I mean, I remember saying one good thing out of all of my 50 good things that I was going to say, <laughs> I remember saying, okay, you know, we've taught you that we always want you to tell the truth about who you are, even when, even if it hurts us, even if it makes people uncomfortable. And now I'm about to show you how that's done because it's going to hurt you and it's going to make you uncomfortable and we are all going to get through it together. So I, I remember like nailing that part. 
Um, and then, and then the rest was just so painful and so sad. There's no other way to describe it. Like there's no, there's no like way to sugar. Did you wait a while part. before you introduced Abby? Was she? In yes. The re- yeah. Okay. You waited it was while. very, very slow. Like we, that was a whole year long process where she moved down to Naples. She would come for like 20 minutes. We'd meet out. We'd, you know, we, we had like whole systems and whole processes and, it was just and similarly, what is it always understood? Like, I love this. Craig lives like a mile away. Yeah. yeah <laughs> He's yeah, yeah. very involved in the kids' lives. Oh, yeah. You guys co-parent like nobody's business. Was that always the understanding? Like, Craig was yeah. always like, oh, okay, like, we aren't married anymore, but we are both obviously still very much parents of these three children, and I'm going to be very involved in their lives. Oh, I mean, Craig is... There would be no doubt. Like, there's no, he's as much a parent to them as I. Like, it would be as unthinkable for him not to be. He yeah, would you say in your book, which I love so much, was <laughs> that marriage wasn't working not because he wasn't an amazing dad. He's an no. amazing dad. Oh my God. You guys just weren't in an amazing were. relationship. Like, that's. And we got married. We, he would say the exact same thing if he were here. Like, we. We got married because it was the right thing to do, not because we were the right ones for each other. I was pregnant. I was, I'd been sober for four seconds. Like we were just doing what we thought was the right thing. And, and we were all, well, you did that for a long time. How long were you guys married? Oh, Chase is 17. So we got married 18 years ago. Um, yeah. And, and he just, there was all kinds of pain with Craig in the beginning too. You know, I mean, that wasn't easy in the beginning. Oh my God. Um, to have your kids like watch uh, your husband pack up and like move out. Like that's just so dramatic to me. I like can't even, I don't mm. know, you know, it's just so brave of you because the whole time you have to go through this. Like through. now you're on the other side, right? You're happily married. Mm-hmm. You're in a loving relationship. Craig is a co-parent to the max. Like this is working mm-hmm. beautifully. It's not only just working. Like every everybody's, I truly, with every bone in my body, know that there is no such thing as one-way liberation. Like when people are in a bad situation, mm-hmm. one of them is slowly dying inside. The other one is never having the time of their life. Okay. They might not yet be able to admit right. that the relationship they're in is broken and not working. Mm-hmm. And they might fight it in the beginning, but eventually you get the moment. I mean, when Craig wrote me a letter, it was like, thank you so much for breaking all of our hearts. I'll never forget. It was one of my birthday cards. Like he is happy now. He has a girlfriend who she wants to make out with him. Okay. And like, and also tell me about having another look. Okay. You already have a mother figure now in Abby. Tell mm-hmm. me about a third Girl. woman walking around in this life. Like were any of those lower emotions present? Were you oh, no. protective of your children? So I just nailed it all the <laughs> way through. I was easy breezy. I was like, come on in. No, I was not. I was yeah. so disappointed in myself in the beginning yeah. because I sure. had such a hard time. I mean, I, I think I got like a, I would give my, I gave, I got like a B minus is what I would say, because I feel like I always handled it. Abby is the only one who ever saw my inner feelings. <laughs> about it, okay. 
But there's this thing ha- that happens where, so Craig, when Abby came into the family, he was getting used to the kids having another mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. He didn't deal with the kids having another dad. Okay. I had to deal with another mom that was yeah, not of hard. my choosing. Okay. Yeah, that's and hard. P.S. You know, it was harder. Mm. Is that she was amazing, fantastic, wonderful, kind, smart, loving, like so good to the kids. Like there was nothing for me to hold on to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, no, all of those things, huge blessing huge blessing but in the beginning it was hard and I will tell you the way it comes out Mm. is in these little moments when so when Craig and his girlfriend would drop the kids off they'd be in the foyer Mm -hmm. we would all be hanging out Mm -hmm. doing the awkward circle like where we're all laughing too much and like we're all just trying to talk too much and make it not awkward and do all the things right (sighs) um I'm like hysterically laughing for no reason. Oh like God, no- I, you wouldn't even know the size grin I would have on my face oh. and while sweating profusely. Me too. There's just <laughs> no situation that I can't up the awkward. Of okay, it, 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 Abby calls it my superpower. Like if things are awkward, <laughs> oh, not yet. Just give me a minute. So this thing would happen, which is that she would start playing with the girl's hair. Okay, listen, I don't know why the hair made me want to stab everyone in the house, but it, it did. It was something, uh, something primal about another woman touching oof. my kid's hair. Oof. And so here's the thing. Thank God I am conscious enough to understand that none of these feelings were her problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like I am through 30 years of therapy. <laughs> wise enough to know good on you that these were my problems right and I remember being on the phone with Craig trying to make them his problems one Mm -hmm. time and saying something like I just think that it's going too fast and we just don't have enough boundaries and I'm just afraid she's going to leave and um, the kids are going to be heartbroken but as I'm saying it that wasn't true that wasn't my fear I wasn't afraid she was going to leave I was afraid she was going to stay Sure. And my kids were going to love her. Right? So the reason I tell these stories is just because the fact is, no, no matter how anybody acts, like their blended family went so smoothly and everybody was kumbaya the whole time. That's not how it works. Mm. A lot of hard feelings come up. Mm-hmm. And it is an exercise in trying to be wise enough to know that most of the feelings that come up have everything to do with how fiercely everyone loves the freaking child and have nothing to do with the other person. Right? Yeah, they're all your own. Yeah, yeah. What I would say is that a million times a day, I have to remind myself, I still have so many hard moments. Like once a week, I walk past the foyer and all the kids' bags are lined up Mm -hmm. with all their little shoes. Mm -hmm. It's just like, if, if there's one image of divorce, with kids that is like, it's just packing up. It's like, it it brings up everything. It's like kids shouldn't have to do this. Like what, this wasn't the original plan. Um, But the one thing that blended families have to remind themselves over and over again is that things can be hard 
and still be exactly right. Right? It's not correct. It's not uh, necessary to every time something feels painful and hard to think, oh my God, it was a mistake. It's wrong. Because there's not, it's wrong. There's not a bone in my body or a hair on my head. There's not a bone in Craig's body or Abby's body or any of our children's bodies that thinks that any of this was a mistake. Everybody in this family knows that our family is fixed now, that this is exactly how we were meant to be. And it's also hard sometimes. And you just, you just have to live with that both. We can do hard things, as That's Glennon right. Doyle says. We can That's do right. hard things, people. <laughs> right. It's like, I, I have to say that constantly in this pandemic. I mean, good Lord. You were a third grade teacher, right? Yes. And okay. kindergarten and preschool. And kindergarten so I'm preschool. Legit. You are legit, legit AF. Guys, we're just, this is extenuating circumstances. And we have to remind ourselves that we can, like Lennon Doyle says, finish strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody loves a hero. And finish no. strong. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, listen to me. Listen to me, Katie's Crib community, and listen good. Okay? Listen. I, when I taught preschool, I used to spend all effing night making 40 million freaking projects for my kids because I loved them so much and I wanted them to have fun all day. Okay. I'd be up until two in the morning making these damn things. The children would go home with their parents and the parents would say to the children, what did you do today? And the children would say nothing. Okay. <laughs> That's what this little assholes would say. <laughs> Here's what I learned over time. Cause I did my homework. Sometimes the children would remember the last thing we did as a class. The most brilliant children in every class will remember the first thing you do and the last thing you do, okay? That is it, I am telling you, okay? So here's what I tell to the parents, especially during the pandemic. You start strong and you finish strong, all right? You. After breakfast, read them a freaking story. And I'm not talking Pinterest strong. Okay? No, I'm not just like just, just some attention and time yes, to something they want to do for 15 minutes. Like just right. look in, at their face. That's yeah. all I mean. Okay, yeah. look, read a book, do something. Mm-hmm. Then quick seven hour TV show. Okay. <laughs> I cannot. Yeah, just quick seven hours. If you feel like you must have some instruction during that seven hours, you can mute the TV, turn on closed captions. There's your reading lesson. Okay. That's for the extra moms who feel like they need that little kick accolade. And then at the end of the day, you finish strong. Okay. Before dinner, after dinner, whatever, you get out a little board game. You do the thing for 15, 20 minutes. Everybody goes to bed happy. Nobody remembers the messy middle. Okay. We just finish strong. And for the rest of the day, we give ourselves a little bit of peace. Because um, that's all anybody needs right now. Yeah, okay, I could not agree more. We got to take the pressure off, moms. We got to oh. take the pressure off. It's too much. It's too much. You can't Impossible. have a full-time job and be a full-time mom and be a full-time teacher and keep your sanity. Yeah, it's teaching is a whole yeah. thing <laughs> that people, I mean, don't get me started on this with the teachers. We go to college for this. 
We study in lots of classes. We learn how to teach children. It's a degree we get, okay? You can't just all of a sudden decide to tell parents they have to homeschool their kids. That's like saying, okay, now real quick, we're going to home surgery also. I mean, it's home so surgery. unrealistic and painful. And I have so many friends struggling with this right now. No. And it's just not, guys, this is such a crazy time. And I'm so thankful for you writing this book and taking the time to come on Katie's crib. Please give my whole family your love. I know I don't know them, but it's what you, you have that quality. It's like, we feel like we do. It's Mm. like, we feel like we do. And it's wonderful. Um, Thank you, Glennon Doyle, for coming on Katie's crib. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to Katie's Crib. I would love to hear more from you, questions, comments, thoughts. You know where to find me. My email is katiescrib at shondaland.com. Bye. Katie's Crib is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Look out, look out.